What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. My name is Matt Hensley. I am joined, as always, by... I am Kyle Bierman. And... You see, like, when I said joined by, you could have just completed that sentence. But no, I am Kyle Bierman. Oh. But anyway, how are you doing, man? Man, I'm great. How are you this morning? I... After, after, after a... A wonderful, I'm sure, road trip to Alabama with the one and only Dr. Bart Barber. Yes, it it was wonderful, but it was exceedingly long. Uh, (laughs) Gadsden, Alabama is very far from Farmersville, Texas. It is especially very far from Farmersville, Texas, if you're going to leave after Dr. Bart Barber preaches. In fact, on Sunday, Bart Barber preached six sermons. Wow. Six sermons in one. From one text in Leviticus. It was one where it needed to all come together, but he introduced it as six sermons in one. And so we had a good time with that. But that meant he was flapping his jaws for a little while. And we didn't get (laughs) on the road until about 1.15 or so. And that meant we got in at midnight 30 in the hotel, checked in. I never sleep well on the first night. Uh, I finally got to sleep. And then we got up in the morning and uh, went to the conference, the School of the Prophets 2022 uh, conference uh, there for Etowah uh, Baptist Association. Friend of the pod, Craig Carlisle, puts that on. And it was on essentials. Some of the essentials that pastors need and have shared have been kind of pressure points over the last few years in ministry. And so I got to preach on the importance of friendship and Bart preached on the importance of personal Sabbath. And uh, the irony of it was I was preaching on the importance of friendships uh, a few weeks after I announced my intention to nominate Bart as SBC president, which is something that only an enemy would do. Right. I don't think any friend would ever do that. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> would, ever, would ever do that. But Kyle, you are 39 next month. Um, I'm 39 next week, next as a matter week? of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. which is also next month, but well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so anyway, you are turning 39. I am 38, I think. And so I don't think we are planning to go back for our bachelors. Uh, we have moved a little beyond that, but if you are, whether you plan to serve in full-time ministry, build a career in the international marketplace, Texas Baptist College's Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies will prepare you for effective service to Christ. This degree equips students with business and communication skills, and we both know we could use that, as well as biblical and theological studies. We could definitely use that. But this is preparing young believers for a lifetime of Christian ministry wherever God calls them. And so they want TBC to help you find your calling. And you can learn more at texasbaptistcollege.com forward slash B-A-I-C-S. How are you doing, man? It's so good to see you. Man, I'm doing well. You know, as you were talking about that, I was going to say, you know, I know you've talked a lot about how how beautiful you think the campus of Southwestern is. And, and obviously we've had Dr. Greenway on who likes to talk about how beautiful it is. So I, you know, a few weeks ago we were at Southwestern and I, it's been probably 10 years since I've actually been on the campus, but I went for a walk around sunset and I'll agree. Southwestern is probably um, one of the more, one, one of the more uh, beautiful places that we have in this, in the SBC. 
It it really is. And it's yep. even more beautiful when I'm there. I'm just saying. But, uh, <laughs> when when, when your dome, you know, when, when you get the dome in front of the dome and you see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do have one picture, what is, which is like lined up just right where my my head goes right in line with the dome itself. And uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. I should make that profile picture on second thought. But anyway, we're not talking about the beauty of Southwestern's campus, though it is very beautiful. We're not talking about the wonders of Texas barbecue that we have in our own backyard there in Fort Worth, though we are grateful for their partnership with the pod today. And actually, next week, we're going to talk about strategic planning. And I feel like Kyle is going to want me to say strategery. Strategery, yes. We're going to talk about strategery. <laughs> there are many different ways to look at strategic planning, but but ultimately, it's kind of that old, old idea that, uh, you know, you, you got to have a plan and you got to have kind of some steps to get to that plan or that goal. Uh, rather, I, I kind of flip that around. You have to have a goal and you need a plan to ultimately get to that goal. You know, the same is true for losing weight, right? If you have a target goal like I do to get to a certain uh, weight, then you do some things as steps to get to that point. And one of those steps is not eating Texas barbecue all the time. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we're going to talk about strategic planning. And today we're going to talk about creating vision and mission statements, all of that good stuff, and uh, and also some SWOT analysis or SWOT analysis, I guess it would be, where we're looking at a few things. And then next week, we're going to talk about gap analysis, and we're not talking about Michael Strahan's teeth. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some organizational goals. So today, we are going to kick it off with vision and mission Statements. There's also, uh, you know, some some talk about having value statements. What what is the value for your church? But at the end of the day, we we certainly need a vision and a mission for your church. Something that people know can be memorized, is memorable. Things that you would put on the bulletin on the site. You know, ultimately where we can know what you're about, what you're trying to do, that kind of deal. The uh, the vision for this pod is uh, we still haven't figured that out. The mission statement for this pod, we still haven't figured that out. But for our churches, we did. And uh, and it's important to remember that it's hard to know where to focus your efforts and, and your resources the finances that God gives the church through the generosity of your people if you're not able to arc- articulate what you're trying to do, right? And an example of this would be the SBC Pastors Conference uh, on the financial side. We are raising money. We're not just asking for money, right? It, it would be one thing if I said, hey, just give me $500,000. I would really appreciate it. And nobody would do that. But in our case, we have shared that we are trying to raise all of these funds so that we can pay for the conference, that side of it, but also so that we're not going to ask those that come to the conference to pay for the conference. And so those that are there, we want them to be able to give, not to you know pay off whatever debt we're going to have for the EC, but so that every single dollar they can give will go to Mission Dignity. We've talked about this on the show before, and that's a ministry that cares for you know maybe the widows of a uh, passed on uh, pastor, or maybe a pastor that's retired can no longer serve and may not have the income that he once had and is struggling to get uh, by. And so for that case, we have shared what the, you know, the vision that we have, the mission that we have, we, what we're trying to do with this funds, and then people give according to that. And if they didn't like that vision, didn't like that uh, mission or so forth, then they wouldn't give. And uh, and so in this case, people have. And so uh, another example for this is, uh, you know, taking a vacation, yet not knowing where you're going or how you're going to get there, right? You know, 
Y'all, y'all know that I'm very meticulous when it comes to planning a vacation, uh, much to my family's chagrin. And uh, but it would be one thing to say, hey, uh, next week we're going to go for vacation, and we have literally no idea where we're going to go. And uh, and some people do that, and you can have a great time, uh, but it can be stressful. And but instead, usually you have a plan, a a place that you're going to go, a route that you're going to follow, you budget, all of those kinds of things. And so Kyle, let's kick it off with some vision statement. What is a vision statement? So a vision statement is simply where you're going, right? Where when when folks come into your church, um, you know, where are you hoping to lead them? If they've, if they've been a member of your church for five years, how are you hoping that they've that they've grown. What's the what's the goal for them, right? Um, now, I so I my undergrad degree um, was was very purpose driven. All right. So, um, in fact, in I think it was church administration, um, uh, purpose driven church was our was our our textbook for that class, right? So. Um, I was sort of steeped in this in undergrad of, you know, you got to have a vision statement and then you got to have a separate mission statement and then you got to have a separate value statement, right? All, all these things you got to have separate and it's, and it's good if they, uh, if you have some little cute acrostic so that people can remember it. Right. Um, I, I've changed in my thinking a little bit now, vision and mission and value statement are obviously important, but I think those can overlap if not, be uh, kind of grouped into one or two statements so that people understand who you are and where you're going, right? And and by the way, I would say this, Jesus gave us a pretty good vision and mission and value statement in Matthew 28, right? Uh, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Um, you, you can you can contextualize that a little bit, right? You can explain that in a way that maybe somebody coming to your church for the first time that has never heard um, what the great commission is would, would, would be able to connect with that, but you don't really have to dress that up much. I mean, that's pretty simple. Make disciples. So I was looking through um, our church here in in Lubbock, the church that we're members of and uh, Highland Baptist and their uh, vision statement is Highland Baptist Church seeks to be a culturally and generational and generationally diverse congregation that bridges our community to Christ by helping people connect, grow, and go. And so, connect, grow, go. Um, we hear those a lot from from our pastor Adam. Um, you know, you want to cl- connect with Christ, connect with other believers. You want to grow in your faith, and then go be on mission for uh, for Jesus. Uh, one one church that. Uh, that I was a member of and, and served in different capacities early on as a as a child uh, or as a you know student. Uh, we we went through all of that, you know, right the forty days of purpose, all of that kind of stuff. And and through some of that process, we we had the mission statement, the vision statements, all that kind of stuff coming out. And one of the things that's important to remember too, whatever these are, right, is is simple. If you if you just want to make like your uh, your mission statement or something like that as the Great Commission, great, you know that's that's fine. We still need to get that in front of our people. So it's not just something you splash on the website and then move on from. If this is truly the vision and the mission of your church, you want to get this in front of them often. And so it's something that they see on the bulletin. It's something that they see regularly on the the slides, maybe, or or maybe maybe even in in banners and signage around the the church. It's something that you're going to say 
often from the pulpit, maybe as you welcome people, you know, welcome uh, to, in this case, First Baptist Church of, of Grand Prairie. And uh, for God's glory, we are a church sharing Christ with all people, becoming like him and sharing his love in order to make an impact in our community and beyond. That's that's their vision. That's why they're they're there. And they're putting that in front of their people as often as possible. And their their mission is that they exist to glorify God, work with him as he builds his kingdom. And so they they kind of narrowed that down to to just like a, a four word deal. Share Jesus, love people. And so it's memorable, you know, at, at Mayhill, that was something we did. We were just preaching the word and reaching the world. And I know other churches, uh, several churches, in fact, that I have served had some variation of like, we believe a great commitment to the great commandment in the great commission will build a great church, right? So there's a lot of that, ways. That's, that's a purpose-driven thing. That is that, very, that, that's pulled right out of Rick Warren. That's pulled, pulled right out, out of it, baby. <laughs> and uh, so, so there's stuff like that. But a, a vision is what you're trying to achieve, right? And so you want to think of what what is it? Why is this church here? And, and what are we hoping to see come in the future? And so what, how do we want this community change? How do we want this church to change? How do we want the kingdom to change? Because our church happens to be in this particular spot here in Farmersville or there in Lubbock or wherever you are. But then the mission clarifies why y'all exist. And so it's we kind of have the what and the why here is why you're there in the first place and maybe how that mission is helping you fulfill that, that vision. And so Kyle, talk briefly about the mission side of this, the mission statement. I know you yeah, so the, so the so the mission statement um would be how you are accomplishing your vision. Right. So 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 for instance, I'll go back to, to Highland here in Lubbock. Um so the the vision statement again, Highland Baptist Church seeks to be a culturally and generationally diverse congregation that bridges our community to Christ by helping people connect, grow, go. So then the mission statement is Highland Baptist Church exists to help people connect as believers, grow as followers, and go as disciples. So they, they didn't rework it. It's it's saying the same thing. It's just simply how we're accomplishing the vision, right? What are what are the steps or or what does it look like? So this is this is the vision. This is what we want to do. How do we how do we do that? Yeah. After you have a good, memorable, all of that kind of stuff, mission statement, vision statement, and and certainly your values, what what is important to you as a a church. And I think some of y'all's values is there in what you have just said, the connect, the go, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, that that side of thing, you want to then be able to move to your SWOT or SWOT analysis. And uh, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But the importance of the mission in the vision side, you got to know where you're going. You got to know why you're there in the first place then this is going to inform how you are doing some of the rest of the steps of this strategic process. It's kind of like the same idea. You know, our our mission statement is we as a family are going to go to this vacation in this location, right? And, and this is how we're going to do it now is maybe the strengths and the gap and all of the other stuff that we're going to have to do along the way to get there. And, uh, and to know when you're successful, when have you become that church that is connecting and growing and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's where this comes in. So the SWOT analysis is one of those uh, things that, you know, maybe you've been in those interviews as a pastor, perhaps, and they ask, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Uh, some of that kind of thing. Uh, this is a lot of that. What Look at your church, uh, you know, take the blind blinders off, certainly as you're in that honeymoon stage where everybody loves each other and all that kind of stuff, you need to take it all off and say, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And uh, and some of the unique things that are going to be about 
being in Lubbock, being in Farmersville, right? And so this is not going to be a one-size-fit-all conversation here. We're just going to talk through what the SWOT process, I still don't know how we're, let's just say SWOT process. This is just say SWOT, be, yeah. That SWOT works. process. We need to think about our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, and our threats. Uh, Kyle, you were raising your hand because you wanted to say something, and it wasn't that the uh, Astros lost last night. We lost the night before. So go ahead. What were yeah. you trying to say? Well, yeah, I, I mean, so so in a way, so if you your your vision and your mission statement, uh, and you touched on this briefly, you that's going to inform everything you do, right? Budgeting, all this. So does the SWOT analysis. Um, now, your vision and your mission statement, and th- there's a reason that's first. Because that that's going to um, determine who you are and where you're going, right? How how are we going to make disciples in our community? Your SWOT analysis then is okay. What are the things that um, where we're already primed to do this, and then what are the areas that are uh, where we need to grow to in order to do this, and what are those things that could derail it, right? So, so this isn't disconnected from number one. It's it's a part of the process. And and I'll say this as we get into uh, to some of these um, pastors, typically, especially if you're if you're new in a church and you're, you're really excited and gung ho about the the opportunities. I think we have a tendency to go really, to try to go really fast with this, right? So, so vision uh, and mission statement, right? You get those on board and you start talking about it, um, man. And then all of a sudden you come in, maybe your first budgeting year and it's like, all right, we're going to slash everything that doesn't, um, that doesn't align with this. Um, I, I understand eventually you want everything to be in alignment, but it's okay to tap the brakes on some things. Um because and 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 you've heard this a lot you've probably been thinking through this for months and maybe you have some leadership that have been thinking through it for a long time as well but for most of your people that they're not nearly as they haven't thought through it nearly as much and they're not necessarily as invested yet as you are and so if you immediately start you know slashing ministries and cutting budget items that don't fit into your to your vision and mission, you're going to alienate some people pretty early on that you just don't have to. You, if you if you make this a three to five year program to or process to um, to to get in alignment, you, you're going to have a lot more people on board than if you just you know start slashing things out in the first first or second year. And, and it's going to be tempting as you start looking at some of the strengths and weaknesses and, and opportunities and so forth to say, okay, we need to capitalize on this. We need to cut this and we need to do this like tomorrow. And, uh, and, and there's probably some areas where there's a glaring weakness or, or something that you need to address right away. You know, maybe the safety of the children's building or something. You realize that there's, there's not even a lock on the door, you know, something along those lines that you're going to need to address day one because of how critically important it is. But most of these things that you're going to uh, run into, some of the weaknesses or whatever, maybe a, a church that's just sped, spread through too thin. I can't talk. Spread too thin. And uh, maybe there's just a whole lot of activities and so forth. And, and you're wondering why there's only eight or 10 people at all of them, that kind of deal. Well, if you come in and on day one say, well, we're going to cut this, 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 and this, and we're only going to do this, this, and this. 
you you may have just cut out uh, 30 or 40 people from from your church. And eventually that thing may be necessary, as Kyle was talking about. But on day one and right in the beginning, when you're gung-ho about this, this is something that you lead them through and to instead of just ripping the plug on, on day one. Again, unless this is just critically important. And so when we talk about the SWAT process, we're talking about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so strengths, this is something that your church is is strong in, obviously. You know, maybe the, the location is great. You're on a, a good intersection. It's it's well seen. Uh, you know, the, the community knows uh, where it is. Uh, you know, you have all of the facilities maybe that you need. You don't have debt. <laughs> Kyle is like, I wish that was true. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have all of those kinds of, like, what's the strength about your church? And, uh, and then maybe the weakness might be, you know, because of a history of, infighting or something like that. Uh, maybe there is a bad perception of your church in the community. That's just where people fight. Or maybe uh, your church itself is is only filled by older families. That's not a, a bad thing. That's just we want young families and old families and uh, and so forth. And so your weakness might be there. And, uh, and then with opportunities, these are something like outside of the church that could help you on the inside of the church. So you know, a an opportunity might be your church is located in an area that's about to have a massive building development uh, or something like that. And so the opportunity there is that in a few years, you're going to have hundreds of people move right into your area from the side or this side or that side or or something along those lines. And then on the opposite side of that, the threats is something outside of the church that would create problems for the church. Maybe, uh, I, I know this has been the case for, for a church I served before, uh, that they were completely overhauling the access road that was one of the, well, certainly the easiest way to get to church. Uh, it wasn't the only way to get to to church, but it was, it cut our, it cut their attendance. I, I'd left, but it cut their attendance immediately when they started cutting that out because you weren't going to have anybody just show up there, you know, that just, on the access road, you you completely lost that. And then a lot of people, you know, it's like, we're going to have to drive through this gravel road, kind of bumpy, and I'll mess up my car, just got washed or whatever, uh, That whatever, whatever that threat is on the outside. So let's talk quickly about, about a strength. Give us just some examples, Kyle. Uh, let's, let's look back at First Baptist Alamogordo, maybe Mayhill. What were some strengths uh, that you had there in Alamogordo? Yeah, I mean, so so the strengths. Um, I mean, we we had a pretty strong vacation Bible school every year that that reached a lot of kids in the community. Um, you know, we did we did several um, events throughout the year that would that would see several hundred people come into our parking lot, right? So those were strengths. Those were those were good things that the church was known for in the community, right? Oh, y'all are the church that does the the big fall festival, and you have all the blow up. Uh, things and and you you have fun games and and good food and so I mean there was a there was a good reputation for that right and so for these I mean you want to you want to celebrate those things right if the church has a good reputation for something in the community um, you know for having a good kids ministry or a good women's ministry you you want to emphasize that and celebrate that yep. Strength for Mayhill was we were in the mountains close to God. <laughs> we said that a lot on the show. Uh, no, the, one of the strengths for Mayhill was was kind of a a weakness for for Kyle is we both had 
good facilities. Uh, we certainly had enough facilities for what we needed. Our, our facilities, both of our facilities were aging, but in our case, we had no debt. And uh, so the upgrades and so forth that we would need to do, we could usually do pretty easily. Uh, and, and that's where maybe that's probably going to be one of y'all's weakness. But uh, with our strengths, you know, our, our location, there wasn't another church. Uh, we were right on the highway. The problem was nobody goes there. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're only driving through Mayhill. Nobody's really driving to Mayhill, uh, which, which was maybe a, a more of the, the threat side of things. But, but our strengths were we were debt free. And so we had a lot of flexibility in terms of what we could do with the money that was coming in. We weren't just tapped with whatever building payment or whatever it was going to be for, for us. And, uh, and when it comes to a weakness, uh, that when I got there, uh, we were all old families. Uh, we created basically the, the children's ministry as we brought four kids there and, uh, and eventually helped create the youth ministry because of, they were getting older. And so immediately coming there, there was like two or three kids in the entire church. And so, uh, you know, it was one of those things where the church was very old and established and the members were uh, we're, we're older and older saints. And it's easy to look at that and be like, well, what am I going to do here? How can I ignore them and get some young people here? That's the temptation, of course, but you can also harness uh, the, the older congregation, that backbone of your church, certainly the backbone financially and so forth uh, to, to get them on board and moving forward. Uh, but that's part of it too. What was a weakness at uh, first Alamogordo? Yeah, other, so, than pastor, um, other than their pastor. <laughs> yeah, their the pastor was a weakness. Um, you know, you, you mentioned it, um, you know, an aging facility um, and and a pretty uh, significant amount of debt that uh, meant we were paying money to debt that we could have been putting into our facility, you know, and and things that aren't. I mean, look, nobody was ever saved because of uh, the carpet in the sanctuary. Right. But. Uh, you know, there becomes a point where where your your building begins to look aged and worn down, and and while that's not going to save anybody, that definitely might keep people from sticking around, right? So that that can definitely be a weakness, and and that's one that we that we dealt with. We were able to address it. Major things, um, like you know, it's one thing to have carpet that's that that's a little ragged. It's another to have uh, an air conditioner in your sanctuary that doesn't work it, when you're in the desert in you know, and it's 105 degrees outside. So we were able to address that, um, the big, big things. But yeah, there was still, you know, so a, a lot of work that we needed to do to the building itself. Um, and then, of course, pay down that debt so that, you know, we, we were being good stewards of tithes and offerings and weren't weren't just paying that on a, on a loan. Yeah, I, I did a church revitalization consult uh, several, several weeks ago or now months ago, and uh, it was in a great location. Uh, it had a lot of the strengths, no debt, uh, a, a good sanctuary. It was dated. You know, they had the all the plants everywhere, all that kind of stuff. It, it was pretty dated, but uh, but it had everything they needed, had plenty of Sunday school rooms, all of that kind of stuff. And what they had or what they did not have as a church were kids, none, zero. Uh, if a grandparent, you know, their, their church was mostly older folks. If a grandparent maybe had kids over or something like that, grandkids over, they might have a kid or two. Uh, but their weakness, though, was probably a, a good reason why they did not have any kids, is they had an outdoor kids building that looked like it was in, in and I'm not saying this to, to be make light of the situation, but it looked like it was in Ukraine. It, it was falling apart. 
every step. You didn't know if you were going to go through the floor or not. Paint peeling, stains everywhere. And uh, in, in like the, the steps going up to it were all crumbling. It looked absolutely off. It, and the thing is, is it, it stuck out because the church looked so nice. The church was really nice, great facility. And then here's this kids building for an area that we're really trying to target that looks like it's going to fall into itself at any moment. And so, you know, I, I remember distinctly, they said, you know, what's, you, you've been here, what, what's one thing you see that we need to address? And I just pointed at it. I said that, because if I pulled up as a, as a parent, uh, now, you know, with, with kind of my background with church revitalization, I would kind of know what I'm getting into, but a random family that shows up with several kids and they see emblazoned, uh, you know, across the top kids building and they see that they're getting back in the car. They're not even getting out of the car. They're turning yeah. around, going somewhere else. And so, so your weakness is, is something within your church or, or maybe about your church that puts you in some form of a disadvantage uh, for, for kind of what you are trying to do. And then opportunities, right? Uh, I, I know one for y'all is, is, uh, was, was kind of both an opportunity and a, a threat a bit was your, your Holloman Air Force Base. You had people that would move in for yeah. a couple of years and then move out. Uh, on the one hand, that's you, you turned that into an opportunity, uh, but it would be kind of frustrating why, you know, you, you start to grow and then they all ship off and then so, you start to so grow, that, they all ship in, off. In, in, in that regard, my experience as a youth pastor was really helpful, right? Because in some ways that it, it was really almost approaching an entire church like a youth ministry in that, okay, I have these folks for three or four years, right? So what can I do? How can I pour into them um, before they they, you know, quote unquote, graduate and, and or get relocated in, in two, three years. Um, and yeah, I think the thing about the opportunity um, to, to see potential threats as opportunities is a big key, right? So, um, so for instance, you may be in a, in a community where there is a uh, almost open hostility towards the gospel, you can see that as a threat or you can see that as an opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the issues that we deal with in, in our culture, um, high levels of poverty, um, high teen pregnancy rates, th those can be opportunities for your church to make an impact in the community. You know, one of the, um, one of the marks of a di dying and declining church that we talk about a lot is that um, uh, churches begin to see their neighborhood as a threat rather than a mission field, right? Or they get they get bitter um, with their uh, with their community because folks don't respond like they once did. Oh, you know, we we used to you know we could set up some bounce houses in the parking lot and we would have three hundred people. And the last time we did it, we had ten. So you know, they just they just don't care that we're here. Well, that things have changed, right? And so you can see that as a threat. Well, man, they just they don't want us here, or you can see it as an opportunity of yeah, this is hard ground, but the gospel can make a big impact here if we if we take the time and build the relationships in order to see that happen. I'll give you uh, another example from from church revitalization uh, consult recently is uh, when when we're going through some of the kind of the the ideas, just, you know, some small things to do, you know, going door to door, having a, an event, you know, vacation Bible school, something like that. We we started going through those and and they shot them down one by one by one because they did the exact opposite of what you just said. 
all of the the threats, so to speak, the the conditions that were outside of their church, they saw them as threats instead of opportunities. And and the threat in their case was is they they really had a a very narrow focus for uh, for for what they were trying to do, which which is which is fine. You know, biker churches, you know, they're they're fine. They're trying to meet a certain biker demographic, that kind of deal. And and sometimes they're they're not being reached by you know, Mayhill Baptist Church or, or something like that. But but in this case, when, when we started talking about going door to door, they had this beautiful housing development right in front of them. Like this is a great opportunity in my eyes, right? You've got hundreds of houses. Uh, in, in this case, they were million dollar homes. And uh, and I'm, I'm thinking you get a few of those and you're doing pretty good, baby. <laughs> and so that, that was the opportunity that was right in front of them. But as we walked through that opportunity, so, but all of them, we, we've done that. All of them are either Asian or Indian and, uh, and we can't reach them. And, uh, and, and I, I get that, but that's where the opportunity could come in. And maybe we have a language-based church here and, and y'all connect with a, uh, a young pastor or, or, you know, any age pastor, but a pastor to come in that can reach uh, one of those demographics and, uh, and so forth. Bring somebody on staff where, where you can do those kinds of things. And so where they, what they saw as a threat was really their greatest opportunity and what would have made that church thrive for years and decades to come. And so your opportunities are conditions that are outside of the church that would help your church, the threats or conditions outside of the church that in a sense would would hurt your church, you know, traffic or, you know, maybe there's no stop uh, sign. You know, for us, we had, uh, you know, we actually around especially bigger events and so forth, we would have to get the highway department to put up signs for us because otherwise people are flying through there 60, 70 miles per hour. And yeah, for, that, that's important for our, for our listeners to know that you were on, like your church sat I don't know, 30 yards off a pretty major highway through the mountains yep. and with, with some blind corners. And uh, yeah, that could create issues if you have a lot of kids running around. Yeah. And so you, you have gravel, you have, you know, cars that would be flying through there. gravel would, you know, would be shot up in there, all that kind of stuff that when you would do vacation Bible school things and, and where there's, you know, outdoor activities, we would have to park essentially and make a barrier along the very front of that parking lot so that, you know, nobody's just, you know, we would have trucks fly through there or whatever, trying to pass somebody or something along those lines that, uh, that was a, a threat. That was something outside of our church that we couldn't really do anything about that would create problems for us. And so that's why we would have to reach out to the, you know, the highway department or whatever to put on some, some signs that didn't do anything, but at least we had the signs that, you know, you know, slow down ahead or, or whatever it was temporary speed limit signs. And so your strength, Weakness, opportunities, threats. This is inside and outside. The inside things in your church that are good and in your favor or maybe bad and and working against you, debt, something like that. And then outside of the church, your opportunities, things outside that can help you or your threats, things outside that can hurt you. And as Kyle said, look for any way you can make some of these negative things a a positive thing. And I'll, I'll say just to back up a little bit, the weakness with with first Farmersville and many, or first uh, Alamogordo in many churches is debt. And that is a weakness. But you can also turn that into a strength as the church just rallies around. We're trying to pay this down so that we can fulfill our mission and vision and, and some of these other things that we're trying to do and, and get them united around just slaying 
this debt and uh, and you can have some fun with it right you know the we did the beard uh, challenge at, at Mayhill where you know our our weakness one one weakness that we had was every single time we did Annie or Lottie Moon uh, offerings we would miss our budget by that amount and by the end of the year we would miss our budget really by that combined amount and so the end of the year I turned that weakness if you will into an opportunity for us to to grow and I said hey if y'all meet our budget and Lottie, I'm going to shave my beard. And they doubled our budget and doubled our Lottie uh, that year. And so there's there's even in your weaknesses that you can find ways to to turn that into the strength. That, that church I mentioned with the kids building that's fallen down, get everybody together and and paint the thing, build the thing. You know, work with uh, the Texas Baptist men and those that have different building programs and so forth. And and it can be a very uniting thing for for your church. Kyle, any any final words? Yeah, I would say um, that there are far fewer threats, true threats, than what we would probably think of in the beginning, right? Um, there are many things that we might consider threats that are really opportunities. Now, now there are threats. You know, you mentioned the one about the uh, the church that was located on an access road and they took it out. That that's that's a problem. Um, in a lot of rural communities, um, you're, you're facing an aging population with. Um, a, a limited amount of young families that are moving in and some extreme rural communities. Um, the, the reality is the, the community itself is dying. And, and obviously that's a threat to the church because if there's not a community there, there's probably not going to be a church there for, for long. Um, so those are threats. And, but, but even in those, you can look in and ask questions about how can we do unique ministry here? Um, in our location, even given, um, you know, these situations that, that we have absolutely no control over. Right. And, and the last thing I'll say, you talked a little bit about this as well. Opportunities create, um, um, uh, opportunities create ministry needs that will cause you to think outside the box, right? Because you have to really take a hard look at your community and, and ask about what, um, what cultural um, distinctions your community has and and drive ministry to that. It doesn't change the message, but it might change the methods of how you do things. And so think long and hard on that. Don't don't be afraid to take risks in order to to do new things to reach your community. Next week, we will be talking about gap analysis. And so to use maybe that as an example, that is uh, where are we compared to where we want to be. So next week, we want to be talking about gap analysis. And so between now and then, love your families well, love your church well, serve well, make much of Jesus. Give them Jesus this Sunday as you preach the word. We hope that you uh, were somehow encouraged and helped by us kind of waxing eloquently on these things. And we look forward to doing that gap analysis next week on where we are versus where we want to be. And then also some organizational goals that are smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely because we're Baptist and we like acrostics. Yeah, we do. Uh, we, we really do. We, we, yeah, we should do an entire episode on the acrostics of the Southern Baptist community. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'll send this out. Hey, thanks for listening today. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare.
What's wrong with you people?